What is going on, everybody? Today is a wonderful Tuesday after another great slate of football games. Uh, Week three is officially in the books as of last night when the Dallas Cowboys defeated the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Both those teams you know I do not like, so I would love for them both to get a loss, but it's glad for one of them to get one. As you guys all know, this is the All In Man Cave podcast. I'm Cole Haight, yours truly. Let's dig into these games, but first, uh, you guys already know the drill. If you like the podcast, know anybody who would, please share it uh, via any types of social media. Also, please leave a review if you listen to this podcast on a platform that offers reviews or rates. Uh, Five stars would be awesome. Thank you so much. Crazy amount of games this week. It was awesome to watch. Uh, I apologize for being in here on a Tuesday. Um, I did have a tooth pull that delayed my last podcast. Uh, went through some through some more uh, very troubling personal issues, which I won't get into on the podcast. But I'm back, ready to go. Uh, so let's dig into some of these games from Week Three. So let's start with the Buffalo Bills defeating the Washington Football Team, forty-three to twenty-one. Josh Allen, big day, three hundred fifty-eight yards passing, four passing touchdowns, as well as a rushing touchdown. Also, Emmanuel Sanders, two reception touchdowns as well to go along. Uh, No touchdowns for Stephon Diggs. Had a relatively quiet day. And uh, Cole Beasley, 98 yards receiving on 11 catches. Uh, So anybody who had Cole Beasley in a fantasy league for PPR uh, made out for sure because nobody's starting starting Cole as a starting wide receiver in their lineups, probably in the flex or maybe if you – if it was later in the season and your one of your good players was on a bye. Uh, but Cole Beasley had a really great day. Taylor Heineke struggled today. Uh, 212 yards passing, two touchdowns, two picks, and a rushing touchdown for him as well. Uh, leading the touchdown passes for the Washington football team were Logan Thomas and Antonio Gibson on an amazing screen that went for 73. Uh, great, great touchdown if you guys haven't seen it. But we're, we're reverting back uh, in this game to something we've said for the past, well, sorry, something I've said on this podcast, especially for the past two weeks at least, maybe even, actually, no, you're right, two last two weeks of the regular season, or at least the first two weeks, uh, Washington's defense, not as good as expected. Uh, they are struggling in all forms of, uh, Chase Young doesn't look good. Uh, they're all all of their first round picks that are they're starting four on their f- defensive line, not getting as much pressure as people thought they would, and uh, it's showing uh, because Washington is one of the worst defenses right now, and they were the team that a lot of people, including myself, picked to win that division because of the defense. Uh, and let this is exactly what happens to football teams that are based only on defense. Uh, This is exactly, exactly what happens. The team struggles defensively. Offensively, they don't have enough firepower to get back into games, and that's why they end up losing by 22 uh, to a really good team in the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are finding their way and finding that little mojo that they got maybe beginning quarter of the season last year. Uh, They're starting to find it. Uh, defensively as well as offensively. Uh, week one, people were started to uh, overreact on the performance uh, by Josh Allen. However, uh, he's come out with a few very good games after that very piss-poor first game. So, uh, Bill's looking good. Washington football team on the way down. 
Next game we're going to cover, the Browns defeat the Bears 26-6. Uh, the Bears had a hell of a terrible game in this game. I'll tell you a little bit about some of the statistics of this game in a minute, but Baker Mayfield, 246 yards passing, one TD, no picks. Kareem Hunt, uh, very, very active in this game compared to Nick Chubb. Uh, 81 rushing yards for him as well as 74 receiving yards and one touchdown. And Odell Beckham, first game back this season, uh, dealing with the knee, also ACL problems he was coming back off of. Uh, had a few minor setbacks for him to get back into this uh, football season. However, he's back. Five catches, 77 yards, not too bad for your first game back. Uh, he made a bunch of catches in the middle of the field, which is good that he's willing to go there, especially on a plant foot. Uh, for a knee that may not be 100%, good thing to see, uh, especially with Jarvis Landry being out the next few weeks. But the Bears' offense was absolutely atrocious, and everybody out there, that whether they're a Bears fan or not, was pulling for Justin Fields to start. And this is exactly why Matt Nagy gets paid to be a professional coach. Uh, a lot of people not on Matt Nagy's side, however, I am. Uh, this is exactly why Justin Fields was not starting. The man was 6 of 20 for 68 yards. He took nine sacks for a total of 67 yards, which means that his passing yards versus his sack yards, he gained one yard in an entire football game. Completed six out of 20, which is less than 33% of his passes. Very, very bad performance by Justin Fields. I know he came in, didn't look too good in the second half of the game. He had to come in for Andy Dalton and his injury last week. Uh, but you saw a little bit more of an extension of that play in this game. So Justin Fields is going to take a little bit of time. And don't be surprised, Bears fans out there or anybody, any Justin Fields supporters, maybe your Ohio State uh, people out there, but... Justin Fields, don't be surprised if Andy Dalton gets healthy and comes back and starts football games because Andy Dalton will look a hell of a lot better than Justin Fields looked in this game. Uh, one more thing to keep note of, um, the Browns defense still does look very good, uh, especially up front with Miles Garrett. Garrett had four and a half sacks today. Great performance by him. I'm a little bit scared since the Vikings play at home against the Browns next week. So if their defense continues to play that way and the secondary even plays half as good, the Vikings are going to be in the middle of a bloodbath next week, which I'm not hoping for, obviously, as a fan. But their their defense looks good, and their offense looks the way the Browns' offense typically looks. Run the ball to throw it. Baker doesn't do anything crazy stupid, and they're going to win games. Like, that's it. Next, the Ravens thriller win at the Lions. Ravens win 19-17 on a 66-yard field goal to set the record by Justin Tucker. Uh, Lamar Jackson, let's get some of the statistics so we could talk about the talk about the field goal. But some of the statistics, uh, Lamar Jackson, who was questionable to come in with an illness, uh, not COVID, obviously, or he would not be playing, but uh, had a bit of a stomach issue, I think. 287 yards passing. One TD, one pick, 58 yards rushing. Mark Andrews was the leading receiver for the Ravens, 109 yards receiving on five catches. Jared Goff, 
217 yards passing, no touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, both with a rushing TD. Uh, and Swift also had 60 yards receiving on seven catches. Uh, your typical Jared Goff is willing to dump it off, even if he does have an open wide receiver down the field. He will always be willing to dump it off, which is why he loves DeAndre Swift. Anybody out there who can get DeAndre Swift in any fantasy league, please pick him up. Because that will be an amazing... We're getting a little ahead of ourselves because typically Wednesdays, which is tomorrow, would be our fantasy and injury updates. However, it's it's, it's worth saying right now so that nobody ever forgets it. And if I say two days in a row, maybe you guys will remember to try and pick him up or trade for him in any fantasy league. Like I said at the beginning of of going over this game, 66-yard field goal by Justin Tucker. Hit the crossbar, bounced through, and hit the net. An amazing kick. Uh, it's, It's awesome to hear people talk extremely enthusiastically about special teams like Pat McAfee and some of the people they have on his podcast. Uh, They talked a lot about the kick and how hard it is to get that ball in the center uh, so that you have enough height on it and enough distance to get it through. Uh, That's why people, that's why it's extremely hard for people to kick field goals that long. Matt Prater did a, had a 62 yarder against the Vikings in week two uh, while he's playing for the Cardinals. But 66 is some serious stuff. However, I know I gave you guys the wrong idea uh, when picking this game against the spread, and I thought the Ravens were going to come out and stomp them. That is not even close to what happened. The Ravens struggled to get this win. The one thing that you cannot take away from Dan Campbell as the head coach of the Detroit Lions, he teaches his team how to fight, and they've been fighting constantly. They got outplayed in the second half of the Green Bay game. However, listen, they looked great in this game the entire way through. They don't have the best playmakers. They don't have the big names. Their offense isn't top 10. Their defense isn't top 10. Hell, their special teams probably isn't top 10. But this team fights. I'll tell you what, man. This team fights, and I'm scared of it because that's the exact type of team that upsets the Vikings on a regular basis, and we just happen to have to play them twice. So... Dan Campbell is doing a great job having this team fight for now. I think Dan Campbell's got a, a prom, pretty promising career as a coach uh, with the Lions, not only with just the Lions, but also moving forward based on what he does with this team that has a below-average roster. Um, he's doing a great job, and you, you can't take that away from him. He's doing a great job. Teams go into these slumps, uh, but your coach can bring you to relevancy even with a bad record. Like it, it that's that stuff happens all the time where you, you got a coach that goes, uh, let's say there's never been a 17 game season. So you got a, a team that goes six and 11 or six and 10 or six and 11 or what have you. And the t- the coach gets a new job because he did a great job coaching subpar players, came up with good scheme, good, good, everything that he's giving these kids, these dudes and these kids heart. And, and you can't take that away from them. All right, moving on to the next game. The Tennessee Titans beat the Colts 25-16. to Carson Wentz with two sprained ankles looked absolutely horrific. 194 yards passing, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Naheem Hines, uh, five catches for 54 and a rushing touchdown from about nine yards out. And Michael Pittman Jr. was the leading receiver with 68 yards on six catches. Carson Wentz is terrible. It just... Uh, it, 
We'll get to Wentz in a minute, but let's go over some of the statistics for the Titans. Ryan Tannehill, 197 yards passing, three touchdowns, two picks. Derrick Henry, 113 yards on 28 carries. And Westbrook Ekine from Indiana. Interestingly enough, I did not know this receiver came out in the draft. I did not know who this dude was. Caught a touchdown pass today on a decent route run. A route ran. This guy looks pretty good, and I'm not going to lie. They don't really have speed down the field or somebody to catch the deep ball because of T.Y. Hilton's absence. Michael Pittman Jr. is a good route runner. I just don't think he's fast enough. Um, So let's see what comes of this Westbrook Ekine guy from Indiana. He looks good. Uh, I watched a little bit of that game um, on uh, Game Pass, saw some some highlights with some of his routes ran. Uh, He looks pretty good, so let's keep an eye on him to go with Michael Pittman Jr. and see if the Colts' offense can find some sort of light uh, in this football season because so far they haven't found anything. All right, moving on, a thriller. The Chargers defeating the Kansas City Chiefs 30-24. to Justin Herbert, 281 yards passing, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Mike Williams, 122 yards and two receiving TDs, as well as Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler both catching a touchdown each. So that's your four touchdowns from Justin Herbert. Patrick Mahomes on the flip side, 260 yards passing, three touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 100 rushing yards, which is very impressive. Probably one of his best rushing games since he was drafted. And a reception TD as well to go along with that. Uh, Travis Kelsey leads in terms of uh, receivers in this game slash tight end uh, with 104 yards and seven, seven catches. The Chiefs only lost this game for one reason and one reason only. One and a half if you describe everything that I'm talking about right now. But one main reason. They had four costly turnovers. Two fumbles, one by Tyreek Hill and one by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, again, in, in bad spots on the field. And two interceptions by Mahomes. Both of them proved to be costly. Not both necessarily 100% his fault. But four, losing the turnover battle four to nothing is going to be hard to overcome, especially within a divisional game. This is the one thing, and I'm telling my buddy this, huge Chiefs fan, I've mentioned him a few times on the podcast. I'm talking to him, and, and I told him his divisional games this year are going to be the best, the t- the best tightest games out of any divi- else other division out there. Even the NFC West, maybe that would be equal with the NFC West. These teams came to play. The Broncos came to play this year. The Raiders came to play this year. Now, granted, their schedules weren't as hard as the Chiefs. The Chiefs are officially in last place right now for the first time since 2015. Now, yes, you could read that, hear that statistic, and and start losing your mind. I, I'm not I'm not worried about the Chiefs. I'm not worried about them at all. Um, honestly, uh, as my buddy would not expect me to do, I'm going to pump the Chiefs up a little bit. Um, they have the best team in that division by far. Um, the few games that they did trip up on with the first few weeks. Now, they could easily be 0-3. They could easily be 3-0. and It was these type of games. However, the Chiefs are losing games now and not losing them later, whereas the rest of the division is going to be losing these games late, um, and it's going to cost them. So I would not worry as a Chiefs fan. If you're a Chiefs fan out there, support Patrick Mahomes, what have you, whatever your situation is. The Chiefs are okay. No reason to overreact. Um, 
overreaction Monday typically happens in the NFL where right after the, the slate of games on Sunday, everybody's like, oh, this team's done for sure for the rest of the season. And then all of a sudden they win six in a row. And then no reason to overreact about the Chiefs. The Chiefs will be absolutely fine. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looks like he can actually carry a decent workload in this game, which is one positive to come out of that. And Mahomes doesn't look bad. He's throwing a few picks. He, he's not. He's not Superman. He's going to throw interceptions. Everybody throws interceptions. But I feel like the the Chiefs defense and their untimely their untimely turnovers and their defense is the reason why they're going to lose these games. Unfortunately, I like the Chiefs. I like Patrick Mahomes. I, listen, the more power to him to start another dynasty. If you have the availability to do it and you have the ability to start one, why wouldn't you? I would love to have the Vikings start a dynasty. That would be amazing. Be something I'd never seen in my entire lifetime. It's just good to see good football. So, honestly, I'm okay with it. And I'm I'm not losing any faith in the Chiefs, especially through three weeks of the season. All right, next on the slate, the New Orleans Saints destroy the New England Patriots 28-13. to Jameis Winston, 128 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Alvin Kamara and Marquez Callaway, both with reception touchdowns. Uh, Mac Jones for the flip side, 270 yards passing, one touchdown, three picks. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, 96 yards receiving on six catches with a touchdown. Mac Jones was given the opportunity to throw the ball up more times than I think Bill Belichick would like to throw in a single game. Uh, he looked flustered out there. They could, the Patriots could not run the ball to save their lives. And Jameis Winston's statistic that I heard, and I didn't even think about it because it's one of those things that kind of gets swept under the rug because of wins and losses and what's going on. Jameis Winston has 387 passing yards through the first three games. He's already thrown for over 5,000 yards in a season, and he has not even 400 yards in the first three games. That's in, that's insane. That's absolutely insane. Tom Brady this week, we'll get to the the unfortunate outcome for all you Tom Brady fans. We'll get to the, the Bucks game uh, later in the recap. However, Tom Brady threw for 50 more yards this week than Jameis Winston thrown all season. This is what Sean, this is what I meant when we were going over Jameis Winston and how I expected him to play this year. This is what I meant by Sean Payton in Sean Payton's system, Jameis can excel. He's not going to th- put up 400 yards in a game with five touchdowns. He's not going to have the ability to do that because that's not the way Sean Payton does. That's not the way Sean Payton's going to run him because there's a chance of him throwing picks. There's a chance of him having bad decisions. There's a chance of all everything bad happening the more times he drops back to throw the football. That's just the that's just the reality of it. And to use his strength as much as possible, don't let him throw as much, and then what you get out of him will be more, will be more successful. He's thirtieth in the league in passing, thirtieth. Jameis Winston, I mean, I don't think I don't think I would have ever expected this. However, I mean, in the back of my head, I probably should have. But bad, bad loss for Mac Jones. Bad loss for for Bill Belichick. So let's see if the Patriots can bounce back, but the Saints are are a little bit bipolar in terms of the way they show up for games, so we'll see how they show up next week. All right, moving on. The Falcons beat the Giants 
17-14. to 14. Young Wei Koo hits a, a field goal at the end of the game to win it. Uh, Matt Ryan, 243 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks. Cordero Patterson uh, leads the team with 82 receiving yards and 20 rush yards. Daniel Jones, 266 yards passing, zero touchdowns, zero picks. Saquon Barkley, 51 rush yards, 43 receiving yards, and a rushing touchdown. Uh, It's good to see him get involved in both aspects of the offense in terms of receiving and rushing, as well as getting a score. Uh, Not the high yards that you would expect from the number two overall pick, Saquon Barkley. However, we're seeing some improvements, which is good, uh, especially for a Giants team that looks in shambles. If I had to describe in one sentence the way Daniel Jones looks when he comes on the football field, he looks like he doesn't want to make a decision that's going to get him absolutely fired. He's playing he's playing too safe. Uh, he's trying to keep his job. And you can't play football like that, especially for the, new, the, media, center, the media center of the United States. He clearly cannot handle... Take putting that team on his back, and there's a lot of quarterbacks that can't handle putting the entire team on their back, but in New York, you're expected to do so, which is why it's always in the media, in the NBA, when the Knicks are terrible. It's not in the media all the time when the Toronto Raptors are terrible. See what I mean? All eyes, all eyes are on New York City, and Daniel Jones is not good enough to be the quarterback of that city. They are going to clean slate. The Giants are going to clean slate by the end of the season if this continues. And like I said 4,000 times already, Daniel Jones will not be that start, not be the starting quarterback by Thanksgiving for the New York Giants. Next game on the slate, Bengals defeating the Steelers 24-10. Joe Burrow, 172 yards passing, three touchdowns, one pick. Jamar Chase, another big day, especially in fantasy. 65 yards on four catches, two of them being touchdowns. And Joe Mixon, 90 yards on 18 carries. Big Ben, 318 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Najee Harris with a day, 102 receiving yards on 14 receptions out of the backfield, 40 rush yards. And uh, Claypool had 96 yards receiving on nine catches. All of Big Ben's yards were garbage time yards. Uh, And most of them, Najee Harris had 19 targets in this game. 19 targets for a running back out of the backfield through the air. What? Big Ben can't move. Big Ben and the Steelers team looks awful right now. They look terrible. And there's nothing you can do. He's just old. He just looks old. He looks like he can't move. Everything Big Ben was back when the Steelers were making the playoffs every year and he was carrying them, he's the opposite of that right now. Minus the fact that he's still just as big. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Cincinnati had four sacks on Big Ben. I saw I saw two of them, honestly. And he could have got out of them. But he was tripped up and fell on the ground because he. he it looked like he wasn't even trying, to be honest with you. I know he is trying, and that's just the way it appears. It just doesn't look, it doesn't look good for Big Ben. It just doesn't. Moving on, the Arizona Cardinals defeating the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-19. Kyler Murray, another good day. 316 yards passing, zero touchdown passes, one 
rushing touchdown and one interception. James Conner, two rushing TDs, not a lot of yards on the day, less than 45. And Christian Kirk and A.J. Green, both with 100 yards receiving. DeAndre Hopkins with only about 30. So uh, Christian Kirk and the old man A.J. Green having a day uh, against the Jaguars, which everybody expected, not really a surprise there. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 219 yards passing, one TD, two more picks to go along with the plenty that he already has. James Robinson, 38 rush yards. No, sorry, not 38. My eyes don't work. 88 rush yards, 46 receiving yards, and a rushing touchdown. Uh, missed field goal returned by Jamal Agnew, who not too not too many weeks ago did he have a kickoff return as well. Uh, great. Uh, they went for, I think, 68-yard field goal with Matt Prater. Uh, ironically enough, right after Justin Tucker hit his 66-yarder to win it, uh, the Cardinals went for a 68-yarder. Jamal Agnew catches it in the back of the end zone and runs it all the way back to the house. Awesome for him. Glad he's not on Detroit anymore. He used to do that against the Vikings all the time. So glad to know that's that's not happening for at least within my division anymore. If you guys follow English Premier, uh, the English Premier League for soccer, um, the Jack, the Jacksonville Jags should be delegated out of the NFL, like back to college. If that was a thing, they should totally be. It's just, it's embarrassing. They were up in this game. They were up in this game in the first half, and then just the, the they they got the field the missed field goal return. They were winning in the football game, and all of a sudden the, the wheels fall off. This team does not know what's happening. Urban Meyer is going to quit. I'm telling you. I know I've I sound like a broken record on the podcast saying this, but I've said this so many times. Urban Meyer will quit the NFL. He 100% will quit the NFL. He looks. He looks like he he looks so mad on the on the sideline during every single game. Every single game he looks so mad. And then in the press conferences afterwards, it even sounds worse. It almost sounds rehearsed. Like you could play a tape and it would sound more real. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is in a bad situation, unfortunately, uh, because he was considered one of the best prospects coming out of college since Andrew Luck. I am so sorry for him that he has to play for Urban Meyer and play for that piss poor team. I'm so sorry. I hope it doesn't destroy his career. I hope he ends up somewhere, gets a new coach, gets a better team. Uh, whatever the situation is, I just hope the best for the guy. He, he gives a lot of effort. He's got a lot of talent. It's just, it's just sad. It's just sad. And based on the way this game went for the Cardinals on the flip side, they are not going to be able to ride the, the seat of their own coattails on offense for the entire season, their defense is going to get them in trouble. Their defense does not perform, and they they've played some some below average teams. The best team so far probably being the Vikings in terms of offensive firepower, but they gave up 30, 33 to the Vikings. So I don't know. I, Cliff Kingsbury better hope his team continues to score 40 points on a regular basis or there's absolutely zero chance that the Cardinals can make a deep run, especially in the division that they're in. All right, moving on. Another another ass whooping. The, the Denver Broncos, 26, Jets, 0. Teddy Bridgewater, steady Teddy, 235 yards, zero touchdowns, zero picks. 
Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, both with a brushing touchdown each. Um, Zach Wilson, 160 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks, 43 yards in the game. Honestly, the Jets need to figure it out. They gave up five sacks and only had 43 rushing yards while Zach Wilson only threw for 160 yards. That's not good. That's not good. The Jets look horrific. The Jets look horrific. Now, this is not... Teddy's MO is doing enough to win football games, which means when we get down to the nitty-gritty, it doing enough might not be enough, which is why you're going to ask him to do more. Now, I believe in the Denver defense, but I don't believe yet because I haven't seen it is... Look at who's Denver. Who has Denver played so far this season? The Giants, the Jags, and the Jets. Going back again, talking about the AFC West with my buddy, who's a Chiefs fan. Listen, don't freak out because the Broncos are 3-0. Wait until they play somebody that's a half decent. The Giants are in all sorts of chaos right now. The Jags are a joke, and the Jets are a joke. You should be 3-0. If you're not 3-0, we've got problems. Now, I say that, but if, if, if it was actually real and the Vikings had those three opponents, we'd still be 1-2 somehow. Missing field goals, bullshit. You're not, you're not down by contact. Your knee's not on the ground. It's a fumble. Like Some of that would happen. I'm just being a pessimistic Vikings fan, but wait till the Broncos play a team. Let's see when they start playing real teams because Bradley Chubb ain't coming back for another six weeks. Four to six weeks. So let's see what happens. Defense looks good now, but you're playing against high school caliber talent. Wait until you play real talent. And we'll we'll reevaluate and see if the defense can carry them and Steady Teddy can carry them through a better opponent. All right, next game. Thriller. The Raiders win an OT over the Dolphins. Derek Carr, another fantastic day. 386 yards passing, two touchdowns, one pick. Peyton Barber. Look at that. Peyton Barber with the with the lead in rushing. 111 yards and a TD. Jacoby Brissett, 215. No touchdowns, no picks. And Brissett and Malcolm Brown both had a rushing TD. The interesting thing that I took away from this game is that the Dolphins defense is a little bit overrated, similar to the Washington football team defense. So I'm not going to sit up here and say that they're not in trouble uh, because they are. But I think the Dolphins can snap out of this when Tua gets back. Jacoby looks uncomfortable. Jacoby Brissett looks uncomfortable. He was, he came in and played at New England for a bit. Anybody can look good in Bill Belichick's offense when he's pulling the strings, honestly. He went over to the Colts, didn't really do much but run on third and short or fourth and short. Wasn't really a big... Uh, passer of the football I don't think they can get him by however I think he's a good owner of an offense whereas he owns it he's going to go out there give it his all and you guys are always going to be in football games you guys saying anybody who supports the Dolphins or anybody watching the football game um the thing is is the thing I took away from this is look at the Raiders top four players on offense more importantly pass catchers Versus the Dolphins and how the Raiders' four, big four outperformed the Dolphins' big four. 
Raiders Big Four, Henry Ruggs, Ed, Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller out, outperformed Jalen Waddell, Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, and Mike Gesicki. Now, you guys would look at this. Some of you would look at that list, write them down, compare them, would say it's relatively close. I don't think it's anywhere near close. Mike Gusecki has just as much talent as Darren Waller. Might be a bit slower. Same hands. Hunter Renfro is nowhere near any of the three. Like Hunter Renfro is a no-name wide receiver who amazingly runs great routes. I've seen him run decent routes. Very underrated wide receiver. And it's technically their wide receiver three. Brian Edwards has been hurt. They drafted him, I think, out of South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that. Um, but I'm just spitballing out of my brain right now. Um, but Brian Edwards has not played in a year since he's been drafted. Maybe two years, if I'm not mistaken. And Henry Ruggs was considered a bust ever since last year. Versus Devontae Parker, big wide receiver, route runner, catches great 50-50 balls. Jalen Waddle in the slot, extremely fast, extremely quick out of Alabama. And Will Fuller, who just came off his, his suspension for PEDs, but he's a deep threat. 100% deep threat, runs go routes, deep posts, can get you the ball 50 yards down the field in a blink. Those Raiders players outperform. The Raiders look good. Like, the Raiders look super good so far, and I don't know what it is. There's been a light switch that has flicked into Derek Carr or flicked into into Big Chucky, the head coach of, of uh, the Raiders, but this is what people expected when John Gruden became the coach. This is the kind of stuff they expected to see, not the crap that they've been getting for the first four years of his 10-year contract. The team is the team is good. The team can perform. They have running backs that can that can split carries, carry the load when the pass game isn't working. They have a big, big physical tight end, and they have receivers that are catching the football and running good routes for Derek Carr. That's this is what Raiders fans want to see. Hopefully, they can continue to give it to him. But let's see, because that 10-year, $100 million contract was biting the Raiders in the ass. And if John Gruden can turn it around, he might actually stay there for 10 years. Next, I said we were going to get to it, but the Rams taking down the former Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Bucks of last season, 34-24. Matt Stafford, again, has a hell of a day. 343 yards passing. Four pass TDs, zero picks. Deshaun Jackson makes his return. Dude is old as hell and has had so many injuries, and he still looks like he could run a 4 2 4 3 40. 120 yards receiving on three catches, one touchdown. And Cooper Cup has another hell of a game. Doesn't even look like it's possible to cover this guy through three weeks. 96 yards on six catches and two more touchdowns. Tom Brady, 432 yards passing, one TD passing, one TD running the football from the one, his specialty, and no picks. Mike Evans, 106 yards on eight catches, and five receivers caught a 20-plus yard pass from TB12. So no lack of offense in this game at all. Um, Gronk did get hurt at some point. Big hit in the middle of the field. I think he ran like a five-yard curl. Uh, or a five-yard L, as I like to call it, in the middle of the field. Uh, back or ribs it issue. Looked like it was kind of on the, his side, which could be his back or his ribs. He did leave the game for a little, but then did return. Um, Stafford and Cooper Cup look amazing as a combo. I did not think Cooper Cup was this good. 
I'm not going to lie to you. I saw him last season. See, the last season or the season before we played in L.A., uh, the Vikings played in L.A., uh, saw Cooper Cup, wasn't that wasn't that impressed by him. Um, this year looks like he's refined more of his route running skills uh, and able to get more yards after catch. So his yak's been going up. So I like the way that looks. The problem is I've been saying this since week one, honestly, and it's mostly been to just people that are Bucks fans at, at my current job. Or, honestly, not even at my current job, just friends that I see randomly that I don't see every day or that I say on the podcast. But Tampa Bay's defensive backs don't look good. I don't like Carlton Davis. I don't like Jamel Dean. I mean, they they need some sort of... And they don't have experience back there, which is the issue. The issue is they need more experience. People that have been there that can that can offer... They can offer you help and guidance throughout any possible situation on the field, whereas you have these young guys or these non-proven guys that are good, that that something could arise on the field where none of them have ever seen it before. Therefore, none of them can help each other or themselves through the situation, um, even with a def- a decent defensive coordinator. So that's the issue that I see. I've, I've heard random, random things throughout the NFL airwaves that they've contacted Richard Sherman. Uh, looks like he's gained a decent amount of weight since he played last. Uh, Richard Sherman's been through a lot. Don't blame him, but, um, we'll see. I don't, I don't think Richard Sherman's going to be the answer. He definitely could be a veteran presence to help those younger guys grow. Um, but I don't think he's going to step in and just start picking passes off similar to where Josh Norman um, has stepped into a new team um, and is not really doing that well for San Francisco either. All right, next we get to the Sunday night football game. The Green Bay Packers defeat the 49ers on a late late field goal by Mason Crosby, 30-28. to Aaron Rodgers, 261 yards re- uh, receiving. 261 yards passing, two touchdowns, zero picks. Devontae Adams, big night. Big night for all you fantasy people out there uh, going nuts. I have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, so I had a ball for fantasy this week. Uh, Devontae had 132 yards on 12 catches and a touchdown. And Aaron Jones, 82 yards and one TD as well. Jimmy Garoppolo, 257 through the air. Two touchdowns, one pick. George Kittle, 92 yards on seven receptions. Uh, and Trey Sermon had one TD as well. Here's the issue, okay? So, all right, so let's talk about the field goal first. Um, Mason Crosby hits an over 50-yard field goal to win at the buzzer. Jimmy G made multiple sketchy plays in this game. I did stay up too late. Um, I have to get up really early for work. Uh, my day job, so to speak. I stayed up late and watched the end of the game. Jimmy G, not even the end, almost the whole second half. Jimmy G had that costly fumble where he tried to throw it away or do a God only knows what. Um, however, it didn't work, whatever he was trying to do. I have no idea what that was, but Jimmy G is just not good enough, and I just I I I might be I might be a little biased on him. Um, I'm not a huge Jimmy G fan, 
nor have I ever been, to be quite frank. I think he got he's over, he became more overrated uh, as the as the time went on with him in New England with the whole uh, Tom Brady wants him out. I don't understand why still, but because there's no really way Tim, Jimmy G starts over him. And I just, I don't know. I, that whole situation threw me off. He makes sketchy throws, man, and sketchy decisions. And, and I don't want the leader of my football team, my quarterback, making sketchy decisions. So I don't really know what it will take for him to stop doing that. They are down a crap ton of running backs, and they've had issues with Brandon Ayuk this year with his attitude, and you can't just rely on Kittle and Debo Samuel. I understand that. And at the end of the day, this loss is not on Jimmy G. At the end of the day, it's on Kyle Shanahan. You do not give Aaron Rodgers 37 seconds. You don't give him 37 seconds. Now, there's a play at the end of the game. We could talk about it a little bit. So there was a run. Uh, sorry, it wasn't a run. It was a, a pass caught. I think they started at the nine-yard line. He caught it at about the four. Uh, people are saying that he should have went down at the one uh, because Green Bay didn't have any timeouts. So... I disagree with that only because there's there's no guarantee that you're going to score and there's no guarantee you're not going to turn the ball over and a field goal doesn't do anything. So, I don't know. I just, it's such a, it's a rough call. I would love to put all the listeners, all you guys as listeners out there, just imagine this. You're the head coach of a football team making a big call like that. You don't know what you would do in that situation until you're in it. It's one of those. So I understand not. I understand them trying to score when they could score the, the freaking football, which is what you're supposed to do in football. However, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and Mahomes is Mahomes. Those two guys, I would not give that much time because even with no timeouts, they have plenty of time to get in field goal range, plenty of time. And And – the announcers were telling talking about them just getting to the 45 so they can kick a 62-yarder. They got all the way down to the 33 to kick a 50-yarder. I know it's a little I think it was a little longer than that, but still, it's you can't give the Packers that much time. When I saw that the Packers had the ball um and Aaron had the opportunity, I knew the Packers were going to win that. That those are the games they don't lose. And Aaron was super hyped on the field. Uh he's going to sound awesome on uh on Pat McAfee's Aaron Rodgers Tuesday which uh, got released today, but I will not listen to until tomorrow at work. But a good win for the Packers. They still don't look good. They still don't look amazing. I'm, I don't have faith in them, um, and I'm glad because the other two teams in my division besides the Vikings, uh, the Bears look not very good on offense or defense, and neither do the Lions. I was afraid of the fight, but the fight that they have to come back in games, but I'm not too worried. Great win for the Packers. Heartbreaking loss for the 49ers. All right, we're going to skip ahead so I can save the Vikings game for the last game. Uh, So we're going to skip ahead. Monday night football. Last night, the Cowboys destroy the Philadelphia Eagles 41-21. Jalen Hurts, 326 yards passing, two touchdowns, two picks. Most of that 326 was in garbage time. Zach Ertz and Greg Ward, both with TD receptions. Zach, uh, Dak Prescott, 238 yards passing, three TDs. Ezekiel Elliott had 95 yards rushing with two touchdowns. Good bounce back game from Ezekiel Elliott. And Dalton Schultz had two touchdowns receiving as well. The Cowboys found the balance that the, as the Eagles lose it. 
That's the best way I can describe it. The Eagles seemed balanced, especially week one and week two. Uh, Their defense and their offense seemed balanced, not only balanced between which side of the ball was carrying them the most, but also balancing within that side of the ball. Uh, Eagles were running the ball with Miles Sanders. They were running the ball with Jalen Hurts. Uh, They at least kept them honest. They got down early in this game, which required them to throw the ball a lot to try and get back into it, which is why the uh, running backs in this game got three carries for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, You're not going to win football games that way. Jalen Hurts had nine carries, but not for that many yards. Um, The Cowboys found the balance that they need moving forward. They are going to be the the favorite to win this division moving forward. Uh, The Eagles have problems. The Giants have a lot of problems. And the Washington football team can't seem to figure out their problems. So the the Dallas Cowboys just need to be good enough to win this division. Um, If they try for a better seed, so be it. Uh, But I don't see any team right now, the way I'm looking at these four teams in the NFC East play, I'm not not seeing anything that's going to tell me, oh, this team's got a shot to turn it around and and catch the Cowboys, Uh, especially after that that piss-poor performance by the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, and finally, the Vikings get their first win of the season. Super happy podcaster you got for for me currently. Uh, Vikings beat the Seattle Seahawks 30-17. Kirk Cousins, another good week. 323 yards passing, three touchdowns, no picks. Alexander Madison steps in for Dalvin Cook, who was out with an ankle injury. Uh, 26 carries for 112 and six catches for 59, no touchdowns. Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson have a touchdown each to go along with Tyler Conklin having uh, the third touchdown Kirk threw. Russell Wilson, moving on. Russell Wilson, 298 yards passing, one touchdown, zero picks. Chris Carson, nine, uh, sorry, 80 yards rushing on 12 carries with one t- rushing touchdown. And DK Metcalf leads the Seattle Seahawks in receiving with 107 yards on six catches and one TD. This is the way the Vikings need to play to win football games. Now, the first time you've seen it, because the defense hasn't shown up in the first two weeks, really, the defense hasn't shown up. And they didn't show up for the first half of this game either. Uh, they were losing at halftime. Uh, they gave up 17 in the first half, but zero and blanked the Seattle Seahawks in the second half. Uh, Kirk had another amazing get, amazing day. Uh, inside joke between me and one of my friends. Uh, she is a manager at a bar Uh that it's basically a sports bar they have all the games on it's where i go if i want to go out to to watch the games versus sitting in my house she is a huge kirk cousins fan and i have not been the biggest kirk cousins fan and we've been friends for a while um i call her my second mother so shout out to her chrissy if you're out there um i was wrong kirk looks pretty good so far um and however i will not buy a jersey like she requests i will not do it so I believe in Kirk. He looks good right now. He's not trying to force anything. It's not. It looks natural to him. He's been getting sacked less and less as the weeks go on. If you can protect Kirk Cousins, he's going to do some stuff. We need to figure out how to be a little bit stronger on defense, and Dalvin Cook needs to come back healthy. Don't get me wrong. Love having Alexander Madison as a backup. However, he's not going to be able to be that good every week. So uh, we got to get Dalvin Cook back. He, it's awesome to be able to have a backup like that come in uh, and perform well, especially 
on short notice since everyone thought Dalvin was going to play until about Thursday night, Friday morning, where it looked like he might miss. So uh, kudos to him on that. Seattle needs to figure it out. They're already way behind in a division that is out. out this division is outperforming a lot of ex- expectations. So the Rams are look super good. The Cardinals look super good. The 49ers should have won last night. Um, and now they're at the in the basement at one and two. So I think Seattle is in a in a they're kind of in a situation now where the Chiefs are, where they definitely have the potential, if not are close to favorites uh, at the beginning of the season and moving forward, honestly, to come out on top of this division. However, the the division just looks super strong right now, and uh, the the whole division I think has three total losses, and Seattle's got two of them. So their defense just doesn't look as good as people thought their defense would look. And I don't know. It's just there's there's games that they just don't show up. And you can't be that inconsistent in the NFL, especially for uh, making playoff runs um, and outperforming things that were expected of you in the offseason. All right, guys, that's all the games from the week three slate. I hope all of your teams won. Uh, If they did not, there's always next week. Uh, Vikings got a big game against the Browns this week, so uh, thank God it's at home. So um, we're going to be off by a day uh, for the podcast for the rest of the week. This one will be, um, I'm recording it a little before 4 o'clock on Tuesday, so I'm going to have the injuries Uh, The Injury and Fantasy Football podcast released on Thursday. And then just like I did last week, I'm going to record the preview for the Sunday games on Saturday morning. Uh, Do a a, a Saturday morning podcast. And then hopefully next week, uh, I'll have no issues, no emergencies, uh, no problems. And we can go back to our normal schedule of Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights for the podcast to be released. But so I will talk to you guys on Thursday. Uh, for injuries, uh, I've got a few. I got a, a segment I'm brewing up for for Thursday's podcast to add to the injuries as well as the fantasy football segments. I think you guys are going to like it. It's going to be a little bit different, but also pretty relevant. So I'm kind of hoping. I'm pretty excited to write this one up. I've got a few ideas already of what I'm going to do. So. Pretty excited about that. Thank you guys once again for listening um, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much. Uh, once again, real quick, like, share, review, rate, everything you possibly can for the podcast. Uh, thank you so much once again. I uh, hope you guys have a good rest of the day. It is very rainy in Pennsylvania. Hope it's not rainy anywhere else. And like I always say, until next time, peace.